this is Aaron Dowell. I'm a film professor here at Common College, and I am here to my left with Paris and Leilani. Yes, this is a film 110 course. It's like a film history, and a, it's like uh, intro film course. And we do a lot of film history. And extra extra credit, I have my students go out and see movies that. I think otherwise students wouldn't go see. Would you have gone seen this otherwise, Paris? No. No. Uh, Leilani might have because Leilani is actually a film major. So I wouldn't be surprised. Would you have seen this otherwise, Phantom Thread? Got to hold the mic up too. Probably just because like the Oscars. <laughs> yes. We are also recording this the day after the Oscar nominations have come out. Um any thoughts on Oscar nominations just briefly before we jump into Phantom Thread? I looked on the discussion board and I have not seen one of those movies that were nominated for an Oscar. Okay, so she's referring <laughs> to, I posted uh, on the discussion board um, the nominees of all the categories and I asked, how many of these movies have you seen? Um, and I think I saw 23 of these movies of various categories. You know, Star Wars is up there, so... Um, and Paris is saying, yeah, you saw Phantom Thread. Oh, well, one. <laughs> you, know, you ever seen Coco? But then you no. confided that you don't like, like to watch movies yeah. at all. But yeah, you're in the film course. You know, doing pretty well, too. So, you know, way to fight fight through it's through the hatred time. Of, of film, <laughs> of movies. Lani, uh, the discussion, did you have, how many of those movies have you seen? I did. I, I saw it. I saw seven of them. Seven, yeah. 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 You know, I've I've been I've been fortunate to go to a lot of a lot of movies, and one of the movie that I've seen twice now in movie theaters is Phantom Thread. Uh, what are your initial thoughts about Phantom Thread? Each of you, let's start with Paris. I think the movie was actually good. I actually took my parents to go see it with me because I felt like that was the only way I was going to stay up. At first, when it started off, I didn't get the concept. I didn't know where they was going with it, but then as time went on, it kind of played out for itself, I guess. Okay, I'm going to get into that later. I'm curious to know, like, to pack, unpack that. Well, I, I did like it because it was, like she said, going into it, it was very different from what it turned out to be. So that was really interesting. It really had me like, what's going on? Like, and what's going on throughout the whole film? I had like theories going, theories going on. Like, I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> yes, uh, Phantom Thread uh, have. Any of you guys seen any of Paul Thomas Anderson's other movies? I've seen Punch Drunk Love. Okay. If anything, I would this would probably be the most like Punch Drunk Love than any of his other movies that I've seen. Because um, it's it's a it's a pretty I called it a perverse love story. You know. Would you guys agree that this is a perverse love story? What is what? Is, what do you mean by perverse love story? Weird oh. and just kind kind of disgusting. Yeah, like a pervert. <laughs> you know, uh, I think he enjoyed the um, poisoning. You think? Yeah. Oh man, like that scene where he's like when they're when she's. Uh, this is spoilers all day, you guys. So <laughs> if you haven't seen the movie, I'm sorry. Uh, go see it. Uh, when she serves him that omelet. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like he was watching her, and he didn't stop her, and then he started eating it slowly, so she knows. But how were they looking at each other when he when they were doing this? It was intense. Yeah, it was intense. Like she was watching him. Yeah, like at first when she was cooking the like that moment, I kind of thought it was kind of for her, 
And then I was like, maybe, when, and then she brought it to the table, like, are they going to share it? Are they both going to go off? Because, like, this time the portion of mushrooms was much higher. Yeah, that was going to kill them. Yeah, I really thought it was like, yeah. But then she starts saying, like, sick stuff, you know, after she fed him, like, she wants him to be sick and ill, to love her and show her more attention. And, like, he was all for it. Yeah, so the thing that comes to my mind is movie is codependency. You guys know, are you familiar with that term, with the idea, codependency? No. It's like, uh, I don't know, I want to get this wrong because I have friends who are like psychologists and social social workers and whatnot. But codependency is, um, I don't know if it's a type of illness, but it's a way to describe relationships uh, that are pretty unhealthy in which each partner or at least one partner is completely dependent on another partner emotionally where they do everything they can to try to appease this partner and make the part without this other partner they feel that they, they cannot go on kind of thing so this is to me a vegan a really twisted idea of codependency um which I, I, I still i found it i found it very enjoyable so what did what did you like about the movie paris i like that the sister was a jerk Okay. I like how they were kind of like in competition for who was going to see the doctor, who wasn't going to see the doctor. But the wife at first, she was like all for it. Like, yes, ma'am. Then kind of at the end of the movie, she kind of stood her ground. Was more so like, you get out. This is my husband type thing. Yeah. What did you like about it, Leilani? I like the humor. The type of humor that it, it was like, what I think is what's considered a black comedy. Dark Sh- humor. Sure, sure. I could. So I saw this movie twice. I saw it once in like Los Feliz, Silver Lake area, and I wasn't sure because then I watched it. So I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be funny or not. You know, I know Paul Thomas Anderson's work. You know, uh, but that audience liked it, so I saw it again in Long Beach, and I was like, okay, different audience. I wonder how they'll respond to it, and they didn't respond at the same level. The, the Los Feliz audience. So the fact that you find it found it humorous, did you find it funny from the beginning, from the outset, or did you, or did the humor grow on you? Well, it grew on me, yeah, because there were like moments that it became funny too. Like in the beginning, like it was like, huh, and then like other moments, I did laugh louder. <laughs> what is what is that, huh? What is that? Like, what do you say, hmm? Like it was. That's how I laughed because, like, I guess I don't want people to hear me laugh. <laughs> and then, like, like you said, like the audience, like there were moments too, like they were laughing. Then I got comfortable to laugh even like express my laughter louder what about you did you find it funny no i was just watching it and it was only um me and my parents and another lady in the movie theater oh do you see it in the daytime or something no i seen it seven o'clock seven, so oh evening. wow and landmark was that empty it's phantom thread that's interesting yes um did your parents find it funny did they did they like it at all no my mom was like what is this <laughs> but i couldn't go see it alone at all i would have fell asleep yeah, I understand. No, it's 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 funny because I do think the movie is meant to be funny because I think it's, if you watch Punch Drunk Love, Punch Drunk Love is a comedy too. Adam Sandler's in it, right? But um, the tone of the film, we talked about tone briefly in this class, but the tone of the film is very serious. It's a very serious-feeling film. So when he's making wisecracks or he's being super dramatic, with the way he's describing situations, you know, that can come off as abusive. And that's how I was viewing it initially. I was like, ooh, this is this is like this is abuse. It's certainly humorous, 
you know, you know what did you guys think of uh, the ending of it? I didn't see where the baby came from. Oh, well, the baby was her. She mentioned how she's uh, flashing. She sometimes thinks about their future. So they hadn't. It was there was there was so that was just her thinking about the future. They she hadn't gained gotten to that part yet in in real life. So did I didn't you know that? Yeah. So okay. So this is what I when 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 Daniel Day Lewis starts talking at the very end of the movie when he's like laying down. He's like, "Yes, I am hungry." You know, we should. Uh, I couldn't stop cracking up because so this whole movie is a story inside of a story. This is. Uh, Alma telling the doctor how she and Daniel Day-Lewis got together. And presumably, when after the second, the second viewing, it seems as if it was because he, when he's sitting at the last with, and, and he's like, you should get the doctor. This is that moment, I presume, or now they become friends. So she's talking about the relationship, how they got, got together, and how she's thinking about the future. At that, at that moment, she's like, sometimes I fast forward. And that's when he say, yes, it's nice. But right now I am hungry. You know, because he's not thinking about like, the future and these kids and stuff like that. She doesn't mention kids, but that's where we're inside her mind at that point. Oh, yeah, I was lost. You know, no, that, that part was, was kind of was kind of confusing. Like it wasn't until my second viewing because I saw I, the first time I said, OK, I get it. And then a the second viewing, I was like, oh, OK, now I, I really understand what's happening here. Um. What else? What else about the movie did you guys like or dislike? Oh, I think I mentioned before, like one one of my favorite quotes, I guess, was from the um the doctor's godmother when she's about to sit to play backgammon with um Daniel Day Lewis character, and she's like, "I don't mean to be racist. I'm referring to um Alma, who's French, right?" I guess I I could not pinpoint what country she was from, but she definitely was not British. At first, I thought it was she was French, and then I was like, "Is she Spanish?" And then like. I went on her page and it's she's French. Okay, yeah, because she definitely says. And when you remember that that scene, when um, Henrietta—that's her name—because um, that's the, that's the woman that we see at the beginning of the film. So let me just talk about the beginning of the film because I cannot stop listening to uh, "My Foolish Heart" by Oscar Peterson, which opens the movie. That that's the the the, the song that opens the movie when we see them going up the stairs and getting the, putting the dress on on the lady. Uh, that's that song that's playing. And that lady is the same lady that's playing backgammon. And it was one of his best customers, apparently. Uh, and it also seems like maybe they had something going on in the past. They kind of allude to it. Uh, maybe. Uh, but I know they definitely are fond of each other, the way that they're interacting with each other. So she cares enough about uh, Woodcock to try to... I guess in her own way, uh, discourage him from this relationship with this with this woman uh, that he's guessed. I don't know if I can remember if they were married at this time or engaged at this time, but they were definitely. Um, they were married. They were married. Yeah, you know what she says at backgammon. Uh, I don't mean to be racist, you know. Which whenever someone says I don't mean to offend you, or I don't mean to, yeah, it means okay, I'm about to be racist or I'm about to offend as hell. Like I'm about to, I'm about to go all the way. Um, yeah, that was definitely uh, very fascinating. Um, I'm trying to think of some other moments in this film that I just found very intriguing. You guys have any moments? Well, like 
at first, you know, like um, I like when um, I did think he had it like mom issues, you know, mother issues, because like he never stayed with the same woman once, you know. He mentions how like um, he doesn't want to betray them. I guess in, in the future, that's why he doesn't want to get married. You know, that's something like I guess that I noticed. One thing also was like um, when she poisons like him with his tea. Um, I like kind of knew that it was like detox when he didn't right away like did he didn't die right away it's like oh this is like she's doing this so he can like detox him it's kind of had knew that it was he wasn't gonna it was just like for him it was poison i guess so you can like um have a little epiphany type of thing like teach him a lesson well i don't think she expected it to go that far because i think she was nervous about the doctor coming because she was i think she didn't want the doctor because she thought the doctor may figure this out oh, i, I uh, thought it was because like she knew like that it wasn't gonna last long it's no point in getting a doctor because she knew that um it's gonna be over in a few days and then there's no point yes yeah, yeah right I, the reason why i don't i don't know if she knew that was because i don't think she would have allowed him to damage that dress like that you know like so when because when he got sick he fell over he knocked over the dress and that caused a lot of trouble yeah like that could have been something really terrible, uh, but part of this of her like getting him sick is because she says when he sells it, when he does his big thing, he has those couple of days when he's down, and she's able to take care of him. She's able to feel like she's needed, you know. And this is where I talk about the codependency part of it, you know. And this is this is when it's kind of like this is why I was halfway through the movie like I don't understand like this is this. One of my favorite scenes, sequences, was when he, when she's trying to go to the New Year's party, and he's like, I'm not going. And she goes, <laughs> right? And then he comes to the New Year's party, and she, he sees, like, a little fight next to her, and she, like, runs away, and he goes, and what did you guys think of that, that moment, of that, like, sequence? He talked to, like, drag her home. Did he, though? He didn't, but I feel like that's what it was. Like, I feel like he was at home thinking or, like, she was enjoying herself. So then when he seen her, like, dancing, then the fight broke out. It was kind of like he was, like, following her through. But then he kind of lost her. Then he found her. I guess, like, in that scene, I saw, um, I was like, I was, like, I was kind of hoping that he would show up to the party because, like, I wanted, I did want him to be there for her at the party and then when he did I was like oh good and then like when the fight broke out and then he was running to her like go 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 get get her make sure she's safe that's like when like I guess I did I guess it was confirmed that he really did care about her you know because he showed up and then his panic of like her being safe you know and then you kind of see them just like kind of mad at each other like I thought the gossip her like the gossip was going to fall in love at that point after like he invited her or whatever I didn't expect for him to show up at all <laughs> Yeah, I think that was the one of the best, like most crucial parts of the of the movie, because at that point the movie could have gone either way. It could have become a real hard romance, because how romantic is that for him to show up and realize he wants to be there with her, and then he then he rescues her. Like we've seen this in movies constantly, right? But that's not what the editing does. The editing shows him confront her, I guess, sees her grabs her by the hand kind of aggressively, you know, and then it cuts some time later where he's not enjoying her at all. And it's not till later in the movie that we see, oh, they're actually dancing. They actually didn't leave, you know, and part of editing the movie like that is because 
had we should have we seen him grab her and pull her away and they start dancing, the romance is there already. We don't have this tension of him going to Cyril and saying that there's this dark presence in the house. Like this, what does he sound? I forget exactly what he says, but the part where um, Alma walks in when he's talking to his sister, mm-hmm. you know, remember you may want to talk about that that scene. The sister was kind of saying that she'll put her out, but then he was like, no, she don't need to leave. But then he was talking so bad upon her. So I feel like that right there, she was kind of like, when she walked in, she was more so like, okay, this is over. Like, I'm going to show you better than (laughs) I could tell you. Yeah, well, I thought that was, and his response was just, one thing I love about Danny Lewis in his movie was how over the top he was and the way he spoke to Alma and just people in general. Her everything, which is do or die. Even Cyril says you know, when she comes in and you have the butter and the toast and he gets upset and he leaves and whatnot. <laughs> uh, and Cyril is like, you messed up his breakfast. You messed up his whole day. Who, what kind of person is this? Who, who, who's like this? Kind of reminded me like he's, um, his, um, how do you say? Actions were like little kid's actions, you know? He did a really good job of like being um, a little um, a little kid that, a tantrum, you know? And he got his way. There was this uh, woman I follow on Twitter who mentioned that one reason she liked Phantom Thread so much was uh, because it kind of flips this idea of the brilliant genius with a, with, uh, with a wife. Because... Alma actually takes agency in her own way. Like, there was another woman at the beginning of the movie who didn't put up a fight. She would not see her again. You know, Sarah was like, you should let her go. And we don't see her again. She doesn't. Alma's like, no, you're not going to get rid of me like that. You know, you're not going to, it's not going to happen. You know, um, and she... She lasts. She lasts the test of time. That was that was wild. Uh, any more thoughts about uh, Phantom Thread? Because we're almost at twenty minutes. We're almost at twenty minutes. Overall, I think it was a good movie. I mean, the first movie that I ever seen like that, like dated back to the nineteen fifties. Other than being in this class, would I go see something else like that? No. <laughs> but I it was a whole list of movies like that. It was interesting. It was very interesting. I mean, like for that movie, you kind of don't know what kind of movie it is, so like it's really hard to identify like a movie like that, you know? Because like, like, like going into it, I didn't expect any of that. <laughs> no, I had no. I, I didn't. I had no idea about it either. I had seen the trailers. Um, I'm familiar with Paul Thomas Anderson's work. Uh, but that movie really just, it was a curveball, and it was, I think it was so perverse, but so delightful, you know, that these two people are just, like, perfect for each other. They're both nuts. They're both disgusting, perverse people who, you know, it's, shit, it works, you know, <laughs> however way it does. You know, would you, would, would you guys ever want a relationship like that? No. <laughs> Mm-mm. One thing I did notice, like in the like in the first half, like the very beginning, I guess when they were barely getting to know each other, were like a lot of the like close up shots, you know, like it was be- them, um, I guess, getting to know each other, and they were very intimate, I guess, you know, you, they were like um, zooming in on, not zooming in, but the close ups on like a lot of details, you know. I, one of my favorite scenes, I guess, was when he measures her, all of that. Why? Which is because like it was intense. 
I, and then like it was like another way of him getting to know her like body but not literally like personality wise yeah i think that was that whole sequence of the measuring the first time he says a couple of things to her like this movie is a movie of looks people give each other the some some a lot of different looks a lot of reaction shots you know what does he say to her and what does Sarah say say to her when she's getting measured the first time do you remember Paris? no she says um you're the ideal woman why i think she refers to i think it's because like her measurements something else specific i don't remember she says with a straight face he likes women with a little bit of belly Oh, okay, yeah. Like, when is that ever a compliment? Yeah. <laughs> it was a compliment in this movie. He says to her, you have little breast. And she doesn't, she don't get these compliments, she doesn't take well. <laughs> because when are these ever compliments in a film? Or anywhere, you know? <laughs> when is it ever a compliment? You know, but that's the type of movie that, that this is, you know? And that's the type of people that we have in this film. I just, yeah, I thought, I thought it was, that was, that was great, and that it was well shot as well. Did you? What do you think about the photography of it, the way it looked? It was nice. I think everything in the movie was nice, but the dresses were nice, also. I guess for that time, the whole fashion show thing. But I felt like he was very aggressive in. Maybe it was his way of like showing his love for them. But then he kind of got, like, too ahead of himself throughout the movie. Give me an example. Like, he was irritated when um, she cooked the asparagus. And, like, she cooked it butter. with butter. And he didn't like that. <laughs> and then, like, she was, like, smacking. And he was literally just staring at her, like, are you ever <laughs> going to be quiet? So. I thought I have never seen butter used as, like, a point of disdain ever. <laughs> Like when you saw because she they mentioned earlier in the movie he doesn't like that much butter. That's true about the mushrooms. She had he cooking in fat. She said no, he doesn't like that much butter. And then every time you see butter after that, it's just like oh, even the omelet. Mm -hmm. What does she put in the omelet? A lot. She puts a, a lot, lot of, butter. of butter. Oh my god! I was like, God damn! Why does butter? Why does butter? <laughs> our butter should be happy and nice, but butter was not. You know, they did a good job of that. Yeah, that's that's. That was yeah very. Uh, was, and I think it was it was those subtleties, some of the, the the details, those little details, the details of the actual sewing, the hand sewing, the details. Did you see his thumb? Mm-hmm. How the scars it had on it, you know, because he's sewing things, you know. So it's not just the, the detail and the shots, uh, but it's the detail and the actions of the characters and the details of the sets. The detail. It was just. It was just yeah. He really did convince me, D'Angelo was like he was um this was his profession. You know, it was really convincing. Yeah. Like he knows his craft. Do you know anything about Daniel Day Lewis parents? No. Do you know do you know much about Daniel Day? I don't know what I guess he's um you know there there's a um method actor. He has his like um yeah, his own title, title, right? Well, yeah. So Daniel Day, he's he's known for what they call a method style, where he immerses himself in the character. Like when he played Abraham Lincoln, someone saw him walk into a coffee shop in that city, dressed as Abraham Lincoln, 
you know, because he just he gets <laughs> Paris is like, what in the world? Because he's <laughs> he's known he's one of he's known as an actor who just gets into his character and really like lives it. Uh, yeah, but he's he's brilliant. He's brilliant in almost everything he does. Uh, and he says this may well he says he's gonna retire, so this could be his last <laughs> movie. He says this, but we'll see. Um, yeah, any closing thoughts? Any final thoughts about Phantom Thread? You guys wanna wanna add? Go see it. <laughs> Look at this. Parents are saying, go see Phantom Thread, and she doesn't even like movies like that. <laughs> so this is something that's, will you go watch more movies now, Paris? No. No. So if I if I say Mud Mudbound, would you watch Mudbound for extra credit? For extra credit, yeah. <laughs> okay, I think that's what I'm going to do next. <laughs> it's on Netflix, so it's easy, it's easy to watch. Oh. You know. As long as I'm at home. As long as I'm at home. <laughs> you have any clothes you thought, Lonnie? Like she said, go see it, enjoy it, have fun. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's what I'll say. I'll say Phantom Thread is uh, my second favorite movie that I've seen this year. Uh, I think Mud Mudbound, I think, is, is definitely is the best movie I've seen this year. And this is a close second. Everything else, I don't think. Yeah, this is. I thought, I thought Phantom Thread was just brilliant. And I love the fact that Paul Thomas Anderson does not care to be disgusting in his films. Like, he is challenging. He is challenging a lot of notions in his movie that a lot of filmmakers just won't touch. And I like that he challenges people like this. I felt the same way in There Would Be Blood. I felt he challenged people. Like, that was a horror movie. I would say this to Danny. I think that movie was one of the most, he was, Danny Lewis played one of the most horrific characters I've ever seen in cinema. And it didn't start that way. But it ends that way. And it's, it's, I think it's challenging. And I like filmmakers who challenge. Um, so thank you guys for joining the Comic College Podcast. Maybe next week we'll do Mudbound, huh? You know, extra credit again. Okay, <laughs> till next time. Bye. <laughs>